Welcome to the Coaching Podcast. I'm Simon Blair, coaching for success in sport and business. I'm your host, Original. For one day only, I'm taking over. I'm back, baby. Emma Doyle, special episode. It's your birthday. Congratulations. <laughs> I won't ask how old you are. That's That would be rude. <laughs> so welcome. Uh, thrilled to be here. Thank you for asking me to come back and host this special episode. Yeah. Well, this is the beauty of when you and I start a podcast like this, when it's your birthday, you get to do a special edition <laughs> about your own your own coaching journeys. I couldn't think of anyone better than yourself to uh, interview me and uh, also for me to always ask you coaching questions as well. Yeah, really excited to, to chat to you about, well, let's face it, the big news that's happened for you over the last, when was it, fortnight ago, two, three yeah. weeks ago, yeah, launch of, of your book? Mm-hmm. See your graphics in the background there. What makes a great coach? Top 10 practices of the world's best coaches. Emma Doyle with Natalie Ashdown. Yes, yeah, so the questions that I will be asking you today are going to be the, the classic coaching podcast questions that you and I created. It's going to be, yeah, flipped onto you about the process and and the uh, the book itself. I'm ready. You're ready. Oh, you've got the... <laughs> You've got the Vegemite. So Emma Doyle, number one question, what makes a great coach your book? Talk to me, talk to the audience about your best moments or moments about writing the book. When it comes to writing a book, it's such a daunting task. And my process was to sit down and lock myself in a room for four days and then not pick it up for quite some time and then I did I did that a number of times. One thing that I'm really proud of is the fact that I I did actually write 55,000 words. Now the book isn't that long because we had <laughs> a lot of it, but I actually got out of my head ideas around uh around coaching onto paper. So that's probably mm. one of my favorite moments that I did in the early days. Now the final manuscript looks nothing like the the previous 32 drafts or whatever it was. That's one of my best moments because writing has been such a challenge for me. So being completely vulnerable and honest, speaking is a, is a form of communicating that I love to do, as, as I know you do as well. Yes. Writing yes. of all the mediums to communicate a message one-to-many is, is my most challenging. So that's, that's one thing that came to mind. And the other one that I want to share is of course the the CEO of Open Door Coaching, Natalie Ashdown. She changed my world back in the early 2000s. Mm. I studied under her. And when she finally came to me and she said, how's that book going out? And I'm like, it's not. I have put that thing on the shelf and it's never going to be finished. <laughs> so she said, well, why don't, why don't we see what we can do with it together? And then being able to talk to her about the practices around one of our common coaching words, as well as Natalie being um, practice six empathy was such an awesome moment, uh, as well as all the data that we've collected from, mm. from the coaching podcast, from you yes. and I sitting next to each other in a, in a, in a conference, it created this data that even you were like, we, we have to do something with this. And, you know, so I'm really, I'm really glad that I was able to, to take that, you know, on, on our behalf. So I feel very honoured and I'm very, very grateful to people like yourself and Natalie and and to myself as well because there's been a lot of moments where I go, this is so shit. Who would read this? 
I was like, imposter oh, I'm syndrome. never gonna. What's that? Imposter syndrome. Oh, totally. <laughs> I had total imposter syndrome. So to be able to put something out there that I'm really proud of is is and uh, was one of my my best moments about the the book process. I sat down on the couch late last night and read the first few chapters. I got to tell you, my overwhelming. Yeah, there was a bit of emotion there, Emma, and um, it was it was certainly pride in, in what you managed to pull off because of, for the reasons that you mentioned, it's just it's a it's a challenge, it's an absolute challenge, and uh, well, many people attempt it or don't even get to the point of attempting it, want to but never try. You tried, never thought you'd see it through. Reach out, get support, or the support comes to you when the need is there, and and you got there in the end. And I was really captivated, actually, by those first few chapters and how. And I was very mindful of, wow, who's your editor, Emma? This is just <laughs> because it's it was punchy and it the storytelling you had me there. Oh, <laughs> the story of you driving out of the petrol oh. station was it? Yeah. Uh, trying yeah. to find yeah. the academy in. Yeah, Saddlebrook, Florida. Saddlebrook. Mm-hmm. You're driving over, was it a medium strip or something? I don't know. Yeah. And, and all just pulled <laughs> out took, on the left-hand side of the road and this semi-trailer's coming towards me. I was like, oh. oh. Even my mum was like, I had no idea. But I'll never forget that moment. These are these are what, as you and I call, sliding doors moments in your life where your life can go one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which, don't jump the gun, Emma. We'll get to the sliding doors questions. <laughs> yeah, it was really hooked into the to the story, which um, was was fantastic. And just surprising things I just never knew uh, about your, I suppose, your origin story. So there, there you go. And you've touched on some of the, the challenges there. So t- talk, flesh that out a bit more. Tell us about some of those worst moments about writing, writing what makes a great coach. Year after year, literally, I would write down my goals. As you know, I'm a goal setter. I set those five balanced goals for the year. And I would have to carry the book goal over every year. And I always give myself a percentage, like how much have I actually taken a step forward? And this goal went from 20%, like some years, 22%, and then like maybe 25%, but I still, and then I was like, do I keep the goal or do do I get rid of it? So that was hard because I'm somebody that is a goal setter and yes, Mm. completion can sometimes be a challenge because I'm so creative and it's next idea, next idea. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing. So that was really, that was really hard. The other thing that was, if I had my time over again, I think knowing what I know now to be able to collaborate with somebody who is a writer, be able Mm. to uh, empower somebody that I trust uh, so anyone listening out there, if you do want to write a book, the way that I did it is definitely not how I would ever do it again. So I think being able to chat to Natalie about some of the practices around belief or purpose or energy, curiosity, mm. just having a dialogue with her where she would ask me the why, the what, the how, the when, the now questions around those draw practices to draw it out of me and the stories, mm. which I love storytelling and sharing a message through story is how I, and, and, and at the moment, I don't even want to ever think about writing another book. <laughs> because it's still too raw. But oh, I was going to suggest you and I should write one. We've done a podcast together. How about we write a book together? <laughs> so I'm still just not quite there yet. But if I did do it again, sorry, not but, and, and if mm-hmm. the journey was to go again or anyone listening out there who's curious about wanting to start the process, 
everybody is different. So find that mode of communication with you to be mm. able to share your message. That and it might be writing, it might be speaking into your into your cell phone or your mobile phone. Uh, it might be through storytelling, whatever it is, find mm. what works for you, which is that individualization. And then when you get to the end of the process, hire somebody who knows what they're doing mm. and hire somebody who knows all, try and find somebody that can help you rather than what I did, I think not not very well, is I hired one person for this role, such as the cover design, one person for the typesetting, one person for the editing, one person. And then that, and then when we launched it, 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 again, very grateful to Natalie. She did so much research on keywords, key searches, key categories, and understanding the Amazon algorithms, let's be honest, so yeah, that yeah. on the weekend when we launched the book, again, I'm so grateful and so proud and humbled that we did hit number one in you know, coaching and leadership. Coaching and mentoring was the, the category that Natalie and I really wanted uh, that we were able to tick off and and even yes. see my book next to the inner game of tennis up on the tennis page, which was huge. I was so excited. I screenshotted that, but no one gives you, <laughs> not like you get an email from Amazon or or an award. You just have to monitor no, yourself and, and screenshot. No, no badge, no certificate. No, no, no. no. <laughs> we, we, we put it on ourselves, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the, the important point of my story is to, find that person who knows what they're doing and it is worth investing yes you can do certain things on your own to to mm -hmm. a level uh but definitely invest in your individualization and in somebody who can who can get the 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 final pieces of the puzzle together because there's so much that goes into it and there still is now that it's launched mm -hmm. now the hard work begins with podcasting and talking no it's not that that's it that's the easy part yeah. uh, but, but knowing how to continue to launch it it's it's like mini launch yep. after mini launch i think i'm just gonna have to do one year of launch parties not to mention when i'm coming home to australia <laughs> we're definitely gonna have a book launch party again because why not brilliant and uh, i hope to get an invite to that yes 100 um... <laughs> percent That'd be awesome. So you've touched on sliding doors moments. Um, talk to us about that for yourself in, in, and how that relates to writing and releasing the book. I have touched on it already. Uh, it's, it is the moment where Natalie Ashdown, she basically put red pen all through the first six or eight chapters that yeah. I had, and I had originally had 15 chapters and they weren't even called practices back then. And she just like like I was at school with that red pen and I yeah, just yeah. remember so I literally put it down for one year I didn't even pick it up for a year and then it was January where I had another go at picking it up and that was about a year and a half a year and a half ago so having then that conversation with her because and I needed her to write a reference letter so I was like oh Natalie can you write me a reference letter and she's like and how's the book going? And I was like, I knew, I knew accountability, like a great coach. I knew she was going to ask. And in that moment, that was a, that was a real sliding doors moment. Uh, and I'm, like I said, I'm very, very grateful that she mm. had that wisdom to come on board and add value to not only my background as a high performance tennis coach, but just being a, a master certified coach with the, the ICF and being now that I'm even a part of, doing open door training it's my life wouldn't have gone in this direction if it wasn't for the book so for yeah. me to jump 
into training in the US and I know I'm going to I'm going to flip it over to you because I know that you've been doing a lot of trainings as well just to let our audience hear what you've been up to now seems like a good time to throw it in uh, I ran a training session this morning leader as coach here in the US using the open door material because mm. of that that moment with Natalie and then the second moment was when I realized that I'd written the book for the wrong audience so I I had a moment where I was like Who's my, who's my primary audience? Tennis coaches. And yes, I'm a tennis coach. Yes, I love my tennis coaches. And out of the 520 uh, coaches who I interviewed, 328 of them were tennis coaches. And I have to say 51% female, 49% male. Sorry, I just had to throw love that it. into the research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that <laughs> Which was- Which I really- noticed at the, uh, up front in the book as well, you mentioned that. I think that was, for me, that really was a strong point to mention early um, yeah, and to especially- bring across- especially because in, in the industry of tennis that I have grown up in 80% of coaches that that number is shifting. Thank goodness. But you know, I grew up yeah, yeah. as 80% male dominated. So I really wanted equal with the genders to be able to have the different perspectives. Uh, so the sliding doors moment was when I realized that I have so much more to give to the coaching world beyond tennis, beyond sport into corporate and it wasn't yep. until, and I was in a flood of tears because that's when Natalie goes, you know, we're going to have to rewrite it. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. I, was like, I was like, oh, my goodness. And she was 100% right. So they're two no, of yeah. the biggest sliding doors moments that that happened. And, you know, when you're so close to finishing something, you just want to want it done. And then mm-hmm. you realise that you've got to go back to the drawing board and and go through the structure a little better. And make sure that you hit the right audience. So, so now hopefully a business coach, a sports coach, and a corporate coach, life coach, even a parent could pick up the book. And they, yep. can, even though they're reading a tennis story, they can relate back to it. And I love now even the way it's structured, the way it's laid out with the little pop-out boxes, uh, you know, to be able to summarize certain parts of the book. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. So now over to you, Simon Blair. I know I'll, you've I'll been just... doing a a lot of training as well and i know even yes. your you've handballed the podcast over to me because you are so busy which is super awesome and off air you were telling me about some of your training methodologies and one in particular that you were using um i, I heard fbi negotiation techniques please <laughs> give our audience can you share with us some of your, your insights around your trainings for those that don't know i i train sales and customer service specifically for call centers and call center staff frontline staff and their their team leaders that's the industry i've played in that's my <clears throat> point of difference that's my expertise and i've been doing this for 30 30 years now and so you get on a bit of a treadmill you do the same old things that you know works and proven methodologies etc yeah last 12 months 12 to 18 months uh just stepped it up a notch in in particular around i think the heart and soul of any well, let's face it, coaching conversation, let alone a customer service conversation that you might have with customers, is that discovery process. Just through my own research and, and study, came across um, some FBI techniques that uh, they use. And I've been able to adapt that to, because it just resonated with me straight away. And there was a familiarity with things I was already teaching, but just a bit more of a rigorous sort of framework because let's face it it was the FBI. Yeah. So when the FBI negotiate with hostages, of course, it's over the telephone. And so it's techniques that are specifically designed to work in that medium particularly well and had tremendous opportunities 
to, to do that at volume. And it's um, really basically transformed, the, I suppose, the impact of what I'm doing. And also just, I think, the fun and the enjoyment. So, Emma, there's three techniques. Uh, the first technique is open conversation, how to start conversations. As you know, many people are pretty average to poor at just conversing socially, professionally, you know, the skill of conversation. What most people default to is questions that elicit closed responses. So it's actually the what, where, when, how, why, who type of standard uh, starting point. Um, it's too easy for people to give a closed one-word response uh, or minimal information. So the first technique is you chuck all that out uh, and you start with a broad, Emma, talk to me. Tell me about your plans for this weekend. This weekend I'm doing another little mini book launch at at my friend's house. At your friend's house? Yeah, Brooke. She's uh, a wonderful human and she always does beautiful catering. And, like she's an amazing cook and and I love her little uh, soirees. You know, they're, they're, they feel super um, intimate yet like, yeah, just she's got some awesome people that she's connected with. So it sounds like you're going to enjoy the food. <laughs> And there's probably some opportunities there for you to to meet some new, really interesting people. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Brilliant. Brilliant. So very quickly, I've just used three techniques there, and I've got to the heart of the matter as to what really is valuable for you or important to you or resonating with you in terms of that. You started with something very practical. Interesting that your first response, wait, where you finished when when you went blah 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 in, in response to my open conversational question. The last thing you finish with is the thing that matters most to you. What was the last thing? What was it? In the first iteration, when I said, talk to me about your weekend, what did you end with? Oh, at my Food. friend's place. Friend's place, yes. So friend's place, I mirrored that. I mirrored your language. So a mirror, true reflection of what you've said to me in minimal words. Uh, so friend, with curiosity. So curiosity, as you know, it's, it's in your book. You know, it's a powerful, powerful thing to be effective in coaching, it's a powerful thing in terms of what drives conversation. Because when you're curious, that sounds a certain way, comes out in subtle ways in your inflection, your energy, et cetera, people will share with you if they feel you're genuinely interested in what they've got to say. And, of course, most people aren't because mm. they're not curious enough, which is why we don't actually give too much of ourselves when people ask us questions. But when you've got someone who's genuinely curious and interested, we're willing to share. So curiosity is the overarching flavor i suppose of how to how to use the three techniques first technique is tell me talk to me blah 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 zero in on the last thing because that's the most important thing for you for, for some reason you focus on best friend that makes sense yeah mirror best friend that triggered you to give more around that which because it's important to you brooke gave her a name gave more information about the event uh you finished with a focus on food <laughs> In that event, which is interesting, hmm, might be something. I thought in it that. was connection and friendship, but anyway. Oh yeah, it was. You started with food, so you I led did with, start food. with food. Finish. Sorry, you're right. Finish yeah. with friendships and connections. That makes sense. Why you would finish that again? You finish with the thing that's most important. I've now. I think I've pinned down the thing that matters most to you about this, and, and the nugget, I suppose, within this yeah, uh, subject that you're you're talking yeah. about. And so when I feel I've got that in my, I use my language, my interpretation of what you've shared with me, number one, to show empathy, to validate what you've said, you do that with sounds like or seems like. So it sounds like, or it seems like that 
this is what's going on for you and what's the value you're going to get from that, however I express that. Mm-hmm. And I'm checking in. And if I get that wrong, you get the chance to clarify. And if I get it right, you're going to do exactly like you did. That's it. Absolutely. You get me. You understand me. Now we're in a place to either continue the conversation in a different area or to, if this is a coaching conversation or a customer service context that I'm teaching in my training, um, you'd move to the solution. Mm. Okay. So based on that, what I'm going to do next is, yeah, yeah. and that person feels like you you get it. You get mm. them. And so they're brought into the, the process. It's very efficient. Where were you on the night of the 16th? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no one wants to feel like they're being interrogated, which mm. sometimes the, the what, where, when, how, why can come off. Mm. So open conversation, mirror, yeah. uh, yeah. label, label, summarise your, your understanding of what they've shared with you. I've now adapted that to, and this is where it's particularly relevant for our audience, those same techniques within my own coaching conversations. So I use the techniques I'm teaching in when I'm facilitating and I'm finding that it fits very, very beautifully. And I had this thought last night when I was reading your your book, all the key themes of what makes a great coach uh, is wrapped up in those three techniques and that approach. You think of the big hitters that came out of your research, yeah? Empathy, listening, curiosity, curiosity, genuineness, mm-hmm. you know, passion because you're interested, you're invested in the conversation, people respond yeah. to that, you know. And so it's it's working very, very, very well, the value for participants. And, and I want to share with you and the audience is one, uh, one anecdote from an individual uh, only three weeks ago that I trained when I did exactly what I did with you and I set them homework prior to the next session. I said, I want you to take that technique. I want to find... Go home tonight, instead of saying, how was your day, which is the typical way we ask people in our lives at the end of the day, how we start conversations, typical responses, short, one-word answers, yeah, good, great. That's not good conditions for a conversation. So I said, use these techniques and just see what happens. One participant in the training used this with her 11-year-old son. Kids are great to try this stuff out on when you're practising. She comes back to the next session and says to me that her relationship with her son is now significantly better as, as, as a result of these techniques. And I'm going, oh. <laughs> and then she explained because now the son, without her even having to ask at the end, you know, after school, he approaches her and says, mom, 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 I want to tell you about my day. Uh, I suppose a, a mode of having open conversations with that talk to me, share with me, I want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, giving them that, giving the person the soapbox, which of course for kids, they just want to, we all do. We just want to be heard. Mm. Yeah. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. So it really taps into that deep seated psychology. But to hear that from a participant, awesome. Her, 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 her relationship with her son has improved as a result of that. Is just like everything. So thank you, you for sharing. Practice eight in the book, curiosity. And notice they're called practices. We did. We didn't call them chapters because mm. it's not best practice, it's just next next practice. Both Natalie and I believe that your coaching is a continuous evolution. Just in what you shared there, Simon, I know that I'm going to be adding that. And I do often say, after a what question, can you tell me more? Yes. Because that and, is, a, yeah, can yep. you go deeper or can you, can you keep going or... What else can you share? So I love that. Absolutely. And I did that with you, Emma, with the sliding doors question because you already touched on that. So you'd, mm-hmm. we'd already framed that, that subject area. So, yeah, in a maximum of three words, as now that you are a published author, which is just amazing even for me to be able to say that, 
Um, what do you think makes a great author? And the other reason why I love this question so much, Simon, is it does make you drill down into what mm. is most important to you. And when I think about this whole book process, what's most important to me, the three words that come up uh, is individualization, which refers back to what I, I spoke about earlier. Find your own unique way of sharing your message one to many. Know what your strength is in what medium. Yep. Number two is a. This is get might be a little bit of a surprising one, but my second word I chose was structure. So mm. what we ended up doing as well is we got some feedback on the manuscript. We we invested in somebody to give us some feedback, who then helped us even just structure some of the concepts with the why, the how, the what, and the now. So each chapter to follow that format, which I highly recommend. The why, the, the story. Then, well, how, how is this concept important? Then mm. what, what what can we do about it? And then the now is the reflection questions at the at the end of every single practice. Uh, there's a bunch of reflection questions for you as a coach and for when you're coaching others. Yes. And then the third word, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my my three coaching words. So energy. The energy mm -hmm. of writing a book ebbs and flows. And yes. some days I was just I was able to to really even work on it every single morning, especially in the mornings. That's what worked best for me for about yep. one to two hours when we were in the phase of being so close and I just needed to reread it or I just needed to rehash something out. Uh, so the energy of that, you have to get yourself up for it. You have to know when your energy is in the zone for you to um limit your distractions and mm. just you know tell your loved ones hey this weekend let them know in advance i'm going to spend yes. sunday working on the book for from yep. this time to this time it, it really helped my relationship when i gave advance warning rather than <laughs> just uh throwing myself into the you know into my little cave and, and working on the book so there's some great relationship advice right there emma yes individualization <laughs> structure and energy uh, the energy one, of course, crosses over into what I think mm. is a great coach. So, so they were my love friends. it. Yeah, love it. Um, so, just on the when you mentioned the structure, uh, immediately my brain went to in reading the book yesterday. It's very fresh for me. I really noticed the structure quite early on uh, and how that was working for me in terms of being able to digest the information and, and quite quickly progress through the book which I think it's a, it helped with the, the almost like a pacing. Um, yeah, even down to things like good use of white space, the layout and the present, presentation of it. Uh, and I think following that that structure consistently, yeah, just um, I think it does something to people's brains in terms of how they, yeah, that the creates a comfort. Yeah. Um, rather than chaos, I suppose, as a, as a reader. So, so well, I really that, noticed that was that. the first draft. It was complete chaos. <laughs> but I'm glad I got it all out on paper. I got all my yeah. concepts out, but none of them really matched or, you know, yeah. rhythm. It was about pulling stories from that from that first draft and, and that doesn't belong in, in energy. It belongs in empathy or whatever, whatever it yeah, might yeah. be. So I'm really, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for, again, for all the people that have helped us along the journey and if i ever did it again you know i hope somebody listens to this podcast and one day writes a book and says just emma understanding the why the how the what and the now helps 
you when you're writing it oh this is the why section or that's you know it doesn't even have to necessarily go in order sometimes you can change the order but have you covered off on those four things yes mm. oh well if i ever write my um customer service for call centers book then <laughs> uh You've already got me thinking about yeah the right. the, the method and uh, maybe I'll just contact Natalie yeah and just get a but but at the start not halfway through correct correct <laughs> or oh, someone like someone like Natalie there's so many amazing writers out there that were just born to write people that love yeah, yeah. writing copy uh, you know so I think that's important in terms of yeah we we love questions don't we you know questions are the key to unlocking insights. What questions from the book have had the biggest impact on your journey? I really like this one uh, from Rick Charlesworth, uh, for those of you who don't know, former Australian national field hockey coach and on the coaching podcast. Mm. His question that's really impacted me and I often ask myself is what's what might seem impossible and unlikely, but if we did it, it would make a big difference. So sometimes mm. even the concept of writing a book, it's, pretty much an impossible and an unlikely concept. But yes. if I did it, what sort of difference? And I'm already starting to see a huge difference in the corporate world. It's like, where's my TEDx? Where's my book here in the States? So it's it, it's the things around completion that um, has been really important. Uh, mm. Oliver Luck on the podcast, who is, uh, many of you will know Oliver Luck, but it, the Australians, he's an American uh, business executive and former NFL quarterback. Uh, he one of his questions is can a successful business person or coach become a successful sports coach and vice versa and yes if you know talk about my life that is my life that is what land I'm playing in to be mm. able to go from sports into corporate and I and for me the, the opposite yeah. uh, you know go mm-hmm. doing yeah amateur coaching but you know certainly kids sport and everything and that's right so it's not just can you be successful. I think I I always take coaches' questions on the podcast even and say, well, how does that question relate to me, which I think is really important with all the reflection questions in the back of the book. Can they be successful? That's not the question. The question around that for me is how. How can I transfer the skills? So just mm-hmm. even our podcast alone, which is Coach for Success in Sport and Business, when yes. we look at the data from over 520 humans, where yes. we asked this question one to a maximum of three words, business coaches can 100% benefit from sports coaches and sports coaches can 100% benefit from the responses of business coaching. And it wasn't until I stepped off the tennis court and took a year away from the game that I realized practices like listening, curiosity and empathy, mm. just how important they were. And Mm. for business coaches, all the grounding that I had around embedding decision-making, having a purpose to every drill that I did and Mm. bringing the passion and the energy and the enthusiasm to every single session. If more business coaches had that energy every time they coached, there Mm. were more people along with them. It's not you solving the problems for them, but it's being able to create that environment and that energy around momentum of motivation and tapping into that motivation. So I love the fact that the book brings all that together and I'm super, super pumped about it. So Simon, thank you for everything that you've taught me over the years and, 
uh, let's continue to do birthday episodes for each other and <laughs> celebrate. Because I, I do believe in birthday Absolutely. week. I do believe in birthday week. Yeah, okay, and yes. And I do believe, Good, as it. you know, the Scottish Castle one year. Uh, this year, going to spend some time in Del Mar, California to play some golf and no doubt visit a winery mm. and, and a day spa, for, throw, throw a bit of R&R &R in there. But that's important for me to always explore new parts of the world and just take time to do yes. things that I love to do and not wait for an, a significant number even though there's one coming up, but uh, well, not this year, but the important message is to take time out for you and celebrate. And so being able to celebrate what makes a great coach and coming home soon to celebrate the, another book launch back in Melbourne, uh, we'll let everyone know the date soon. If you're Melbournians, please come and join us. Uh, but Simon, thanks again. I'm so great. Thanks, Sam. And uh, are you going to sing happy birthday, Jimmy, round off the episode? Happy birthday to you. Okay, thanks. That's good. <laughs> um, thank you, Emma. And just want to say a heartfelt congratulations. So proud of you. Incredible effort, which you've talked about to produce this thing. I've been there from the start when it was an idea and saw the that shifting of the goal. And I, and I would say, I wonder if it's ever going to happen. And I, but I didn't lose faith and neither did you look what's happened. You've done it. Um, super, super proud. Yeah. It was an amazing thing for me to be able to sit down last night and, and read it and hear your story. Well done. Can't be prouder of you. Can't wait to see you again soon. And uh, yeah. Thank you for having me on as the host of this episode. It's a bit of a throwback. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so and of course, excited. practice two in the book is belief. So thank you for believing in me and everyone who supported the book so much. Uh, I appreciate you all. And of course, thank you for listening. Simon Blair is a business owner of Five Degrees. He's a sales and customer service assessor, trainer, and coach. And you can find him at fivedegrees.com.au, as in F-I-V-E. And I'm a global speaker and performance coach helping you unleash your potential. You can find me at emmadoyle.com.au. Thank you for listening to The Coaching Podcast. <laughs>